You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. I'm Tori Petrie, joined on the other line by Mike O'Hara. Mike, how's breakfast this morning? Ah, uh, lonely. <laughs> 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 Nothing like black coffee and uh, dry toast. You know, I try One to bring out mornings. my best for you. Well, you, you missed me. I must have delivered it to my neighbor, right? You put it on the wrong porch. Oh, that's what happened. It was a beautiful um, Chick-fil-A breakfast spread. Well, thanks for, you know, adhering to the, uh, to the, to the what do we have? The Social distancing, down? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try my best for you, Mike. Next week, I'll get the right house. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, the Lions do have a game before Thanksgiving yep. Day, so uh, let's look back at this game from the week before. It was a win over the Washington football team, but it came, of course, in crazy fashion. How about the end of that game, Mike? Well, it's interesting. You know, I, first of all, I think that uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera made a tactical error. I thought he got too conservative there. I don't think he gambled, and if I were him, you know, they <laughs> scored a field goal with, you know, with 16 seconds to go. They're kicking off. And kicks it into the end zone. Takes no time off the clock. And because I have a busy life and nothing else to do, I timed up. <laughs> the second kickoff of the game to them was returned. Was it 19 yards? Took six seconds to return it. So similar thing. If they would have kicked off to the Lions, I'm sure you're going to cover the kickoff. Make sure you do. You're going to take time off the clock. Right. Get the ball up to the Lions with 10 seconds, not 16. Then you're really you know, they were not in the miracle stage. They were just, they had to do everything right and maybe get a break. That would have put it in the miracle stage and we probably would have been into overtime. So I chalk that up as a as a coaching error, in my opinion, uh, just like Mike Zimmer uh, in uh, Minnesota did. Was it three years ago or four years ago when right. when uh, Matt Prater kicked a 58-yard field goal at the buzzer or at the <laughs> horn or the gun, whatever you want to call it, to send it into overtime and then, of course, Matthew Stafford took over again and just kept it going. So, And they won that on a touchdown pass to Golden Tate. So to me, that's what I would do. I would kick it short of the end line and make them return it to take, you know, three, four, five, six seconds off. Yeah, um, there's just there's been so many of those uh, game-winning or game-tying Matt Prater kicks that it's hard to keep them all straight. You know, and I see we, we've got a great feature that on DetroitLions.com called Mic'd Up, and I don't know if you went through it at all. But Matthew Stafford, you know, and if you don't mind me, I'm going to go back to, you know, you've seen that, that great comeback against the Dallas Cowboys seven, eight years ago when he was a young quarterback. And they get the ball with, I don't know, 50 seconds to go or something like that and need a touchdown and an extra point to win. And you see the uh, uh, offensive coordinator and Matthew Stafford standing right, right up in front of the bench and the coordinator says, look, you've got plenty of time. They're absolutely as relaxed as can be. And I'm mic'd up this week. First thing Matthew Stafford said when he got in the huddle, he goes, okay, guys, huddle up. We got three timeouts. And <laughs> if, uh, between plays, he walked them through everything, including the last one. He says, he said to just to everybody, but he was looking at Marvin Jones Jr., catch it, get down, call time. We got timeout. Snap, throw, catch, down, timeout, field goal, game over, everybody happy. Absolutely. And Matthew Stafford has led plenty of those drives in his career. And we saw yet another one of them on Sunday. But of course, I know a lot of Lions fans would have liked for it not to have come down to those final minutes, considering final seconds, I should say, considering what the Lions were able to do early on in that game, getting off to a 24 to three lead. Uh, how concerning was what the Washington football team was able to do there in the third and fourth quarter? 
uh, just as concerning as what Chicago did in the opening game and and, mm. and go on and on and on. 14-3 lead with over uh, Green Bay the next week. Poof. A couple weeks later, it's uh, 14 to nothing versus the New Orleans Saints. Poof. That's spelled P-O-O-F. Uh, <laughs> you're out there. Listen carefully, folks. Thank you. But, yeah, it's, it's concerning. It's, it's, it's What's t- concerning t- to me is all of it. Number one that they did at Washington, which really is is just oh, they're okay, all right. They're nothing, nothing special. They're just okay, but they couldn't stop them all day, and they haven't stopped teams, you know, consistently all year. Well, if we can go back to the the game against Atlanta. What they do? They really, really drove to what should have been the clinching field goal, except except Todd Gurley ran in the end zone for a touchdown, and you know, and gave the Lions right. a chance to come back. They didn't stop them either, and that's a game they won. So. It's it's concerning the fact to me that they haven't gotten any better at it. To me, they don't have the knockout punch. Uh, I'll give you a statistic here. Uh, Romeo Aquara, as I was doing some stats this morning to get ready for this, you know, he leads the team with six sacks, which is good. That, that's that's for him. That's that's really a that's really a start to a good year, and he'll probably keep it up. And he's got 12 quarterback hits. Everson Griffin, who's been here for two games, is second on the team with five quarterback hits. Where's everybody else? Yeah. So there we are. Well, still shows that the Everson Griffin move was a pretty good move considering Doggone right. those yeah. hits in, in two games. Yeah, I like his energy too. I mean, you may not want your, one of your <laughs> defensive linemen before the game standing and screaming at the, at the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> bench. But that's okay. Whatever gets him ready to play. Yeah. I don't know, as long as it's legal, you know. But as long as it's legal and he's not, you know getting late hits and all that he plays good clean tough football i like it i love it you know i really do yeah he was our he was our guest on lions game plan this week and on fox sports detroit and i got to talk to him a little bit it's the first kind of one-on-one conversation i've had with him since he's been here considering you know everything's virtual and everything i really enjoyed the conversation he was great yeah he was he was on one of the zoom interviews this week too and and even kind of laughed at himself at his energy and all that and 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 I mean, he wasn't mocking himself, but he understands. You know, he's he's got a little bit of a profile, and he brings some energy. And you know what? I like that. I really do. I, Reggie Ragland has it. You know. Yeah. Um, maybe he does. those guys all have it internally and don't display it externally. But I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 displaying it. Uh, whether it rubs off, I don't know. That's up to the individual player if they want to follow along, and I think they should. That's up to them. But that, this so far, two games in. It's 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 really it's a really really good signing. I'm sorry I can't call it great, Everson, but I am calling it good. All right. Well, it could it could turn to great while uh, the Lions, you know, play down the stretch here. We'll see what happens. But I thought it was interesting what Matt Patricia said after the game about that lull that they had in you know, the the third, fourth quarter where Washington was able to kind of mount a comeback. And I asked him about this on Lions game plan as well this week. He talked about how he had noticed the time of possession being imbalanced in the first half, not because they didn't have control of the ball, uh, you know, say for like the the Indianapolis game where, you know, Indianapolis was was able to uh, run the ball and and the Lions weren't able to stop it there in the first half. And that's why the time of possession was off. But in this case, the lines were just scoring very quickly. Whenever they, they had the ball, they, they were scoring quickly or they were going three and out, and so the defense was on the field a lot. So he noticed that at the half uh, and, you know, kind of was trying to, to manage the game from that standpoint with some of the, the defensive players having played so much 
before the half. I, I just thought that that was an interesting perspective from, from the coach on why he felt like, you know, things were a little bit tough there, but they were able to pull out the win in the end. Yeah, this is off the top of my head, but I know the Lions had 55 offensive plays to 88, I think it was, or 89 for Washington. You know, that that's really wearying on, on, on defensive linemen in particular, and it's, it's, it's a good thing that they have a rotation, but the other answer to that is to make a play and get off the field. Now, they had a couple of things to me. Got a really a couple, a couple of tough calls, I thought, on penalties. Uh, but to me, right. to me the, the, the toughest one of all was self-inflicted on a fourth and 13. They gave up a 15-yard completion down to the two-yard line to Logan Thomas, who was here in Detroit with the yeah. Lions last year. Pretty good guy, but certainly not a featured tight end. But he just he ran his, he ran his route perfectly as his crisp. Spielman pointed out in one of our three and out videos that, that, that's still up. If you want to see it on DetroitLions.com, ran it perfectly down to the goal line, then came back and he was wide open, caught the ball, went down, first down, next play, touchdown. So, you know, they had their chances. Yeah, to another former Lion and J.D. McKissick. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, those two, they, they were pretty good players here, but the Lions are moving on, and I don't, you know, I don't disagree with what, what they did there. Look, there are former, former Buffalo Bills, former this, former that, all across the National Football League. Guys are getting, you know, one-year prove-it contracts and moving on. So for Logan and J.D. McKissick, that's that's probably the case with both of them. But they're pretty good players. They're really they're good, good complementary ball players. Yeah. Well, obviously, the final drive and the Matt Prater kick, those were clear positives from this game. What other takeaways do you have uh, that, you know, Lions fans should be happy about from the game against Washington? It's obviously DeAndre Swift. Uh, play and it's kind of interesting to me because because as you know I was a big DeAndre Swift fan in the draft after the first round that I said to Tim Twentyman my writing partner at DetroitLions.com Lions had the third pick in the second round I just said Tim if I'm Bob Quinn I'm trading up for the first pick to make sure that sure getting DeAndre Swift well they didn't trade up and they got him anyway and you know we've kind of made a semi-comparison to him and Christian McCaffrey in terms of style of play. Now, look, Christian McCaffrey, okay. in his three, four years in, in the league already, has established himself as, as really one of the top backs in the league because of his ability to run, uh, catch passes, and get to the end zone. Look, he's only played three games this year because of ankle and shoulder injuries. He's got six touchdowns. He had 19 last year. But dare I give you a couple of statistics, okay? May I? You I give thing? statistics? I don't think I've ever heard you do this on the podcast before. <laughs> Oh, you'll love it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's sarcasm, guys. Do. Don't get carried away. <laughs> but, uh, look, and first of all, I'm not saying DeAndre Swift is Christian McCaffrey, but as a rookie, Christian McCaffrey wasn't the player we've come to know from last year either. But Christian McCaffrey last year had 2,392 yards from scrimmage, okay? Third most in the history of the National Football League. He averaged 149.5 yards per game, played 16 games. DeAndre Swift had 81 yards rushing, 68 yards receiving last week against Washington. When you add that up, what is it? 149 yards, one half yard less than the Christian McCaffrey mm. average per game. There's more. <laughs> I promise you. Continue. Continues. When I said Christian McCaffrey wasn't Christian McCaffrey as a rookie, he wasn't. Like a lot of people aren't. Yeah. But he did have 1,086 yards for the season, <clears throat> for his rookie season, an average of 67.85 yards per game. 
DeAndre Swift, after nine games, has 606 yards. Through Divide that by nine, it is what? 67.3 yards per game. I'm glad you're doing the math on this already. Well, I'm glad you're listening because (laughs) if you think about that, he's on pace this year to do what Christian McCaffrey did as a rookie, and you just extrapolate out his one game. Ah. This is ridiculous, of course. But (laughs) for one game, he averaged what? or produced, I should say, what Christian McCaffrey did for a full season in one of the great seasons of all time from a two-way back. So make of it what you want. I think they really have a great, I wouldn't call him a raw talent. He's too polished for that. But a kid breaking into the league, you know, making his his way. And I think right now we've talked about the, you know, the uh, running back by committee. Well, I think he's the chairman of the committee right now. Mm. And and probably Adrian Peterson has the second role as a, you know, as a, as a, as a short yardage back and, and, and all of that, and then carry on Johnson getting getting what's left over. I would say that's accurate. I, I think that's a, a good way to put it. Uh, DeAndre Swift was certainly exciting to watch in this yep. last game, and he has only grown as the season has gone on. You know, Mike, something that has really impressed me about him is how he has bounced back from that first game of the season. Dropping that touchdown at the end of oh. the Bears game is the kind of thing that can really throw a rookie off mentally. That That's discouraging. You feel like the loss is on your back, even though obviously there were a lot of other things that went wrong in that game for it to come down to being on that final throw. But, I mean, the way that he has bounced back and not let it affect him one bit, and even having to watch Adrian Peterson get a lot of those carries early on and and he wasn't getting the ball as much, you know, he was still able to keep his head in it, to go out there and play well, and then when his name was called upon, the guy has been electric. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, part of it is it's, it's, it's what happens at a moment in time. Trust me, if that was game 16 or game 17 and the Lions needed that catch and that touchdown for a playoff berth, we'd remember it a lot longer. We really would. Yeah. And, and now, look, if, if the Lions miss the playoffs by a game, we'll look at back at that and many others is, is what did them in. If they make it, we'll look back at many others and how what got them in. But but I liked, he, you know, he he did a one of those Zoom interviews with the, with the Detroit media, I think it was the next Thursday or Friday before game two. And maybe it was after the game, I forget exactly which, but he had kind of bounced back and and he said, uh, no, he said, did it bother me? He said, look, I know what, he says, I know what, what kind of player I am. Uh, I know it's not going to happen right. again. I think he's had another drop, but nothing. You're, you're, look, you're going to drop balls. It just happens. It's the way it is in pro football. But, uh, but no, he's, he is a really, really good football player. The thing I like about him is just, is, is, you know, he's always seems to be, you know, have body control. You don't see his arms flailing to keep his balance and all that. He, he kind of tucks the ball in. You could see that on the first possession of the game last week. They had what three, uh, three runs and then a long touchdown pass to Marvin Hall. And when you said that the Lions, you know, were scoring quickly on their possessions, well, that was exactly uh, 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 that, that was the case on that one. I mean, they just had the ball for four plays, bingo, touchdown. Offense sit down, defense go out on the play, out on the field, and try and stop it. So there's time to preserve it. But he was he was on his game right from the beginning. He really was. 
This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now. Well, let's turn the page to looking ahead to this next game that the Lions have. It's actually Riverboat Ron's former team, now yeah. Matt Rule's team in Carolina. Uh, the Panthers have really struggled with some injuries this year. Trust me, I know because it's affected my fantasy team quite deeply <laughs> because Christian McCaffrey has spent most of this season injured. He was able to come back for a game, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play this weekend against the Lions, uh, which considering the struggles that they have had against the run is probably a little bit of a relief, although Mike Davis has done a pretty good job in McCaffrey's stead. Uh, but, you know, there's questions with Teddy Bridgewater as well. So so those guys have really struggled hard with injuries, and I think that's part of why their season hasn't quite turned out how they wanted to. No, their team is – I mean, they've struggled, period. You know, they lost their first – it's been three streaks for them, and it's what's taken them to three and seven. They lost their first two games. You know, like the Lions, and they won their next three to get to three and two, and everybody was talking about how, you know, Matt Rule and Baylor turned things around, next hot young coach in pro football. Well, they've lost five straight, and they're three and – uh, three and was it three and seven, and and really they're really they're, they're struggling. Period. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you mentioned, uh, he practiced in a limited fashion uh, uh, yesterday. They're hopeful that he'll play. I'm pretty sure he will. I don't know why. Actually, if he was able to practice, I don't know why why he wouldn't play. But it's a, but defensively, it's it's just been a really really tough time. I looked this up. They've given up 154 points. Uh, that's the second most in the National Football Conference. Now they've played ten games. The team with giving up the most, Dallas, and the team that and the third most, the Detroit Lions, both have played nine games. But still, in this five-game losing streak, uh, they've given up 154 points. That's you know that's 30 something, 30 point something per game. That you're not going to win the National Football League doing that. And one of the things that really kind of kind of bothered them was the way they gave up. You know gave up a big plays on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the same plays that the Bucks had run against them on opening day. So including one of them was a 98 yard touchdown run. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle and I, you know, it's really at a point now with the injuries they have that they're not going to ever say this or feel this, but they are what they are right now. And they're the team that's struggling to stay out of the basement. Well, so what you're telling me about what their defense has been given up is that this could be another DeAndre Swift game. Well, you would think so. You know, you, you know. Look, I think I think that uh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, now in the middle of his second year here, and Matt Patricia, they want to run the ball. They want to control they do. the game. Absolutely, no doubt about that. And and to me, that's okay when it's working. I think sometimes I've said this before. I think I like if you're if you're not gaining on first down, stop running on first down. Do something else because <laughs> it, it, it's you know, just to me, it's just logical, but. Most football coaches would agree with would disagree with my logic, but but <laughs> I think the Lions have run it fairly effectively at times, and when they get it going, it, it's good. That it was going well last week too. Yeah. How about the defense? What does the defense need to do in order to stop the Carolina offense on Sunday? Well, this is not you know this is not this is a much less it's not a high powered attack to begin with. Look, they, 
you go back in, in time, not that long either, but some of the players they had on offensively, I mean, Musin Muhammad, kid here from, uh, from, from the state of Michigan, uh, Steve Smith, just great wide receivers, great and productive, really some high, high, high profile, high production players, Cam Newton, you know, a little different style, of kind of, you know, kind of a power player at, at quarterback, but Look, he led them to a 15 and one record one year. They was the MVP of the league. They got to the Super Bowl and and, and lost a tight one. But everything just kind of kind of dovetailed on him. One thing, you know, look, Ron Rivera really is a good coach. But one thing that kind of surprised me, looking at his nine-year stay there, they only had three winning records, even though they made the playoffs four times. And one of those was seven, eight, and one record: seven wins, eight losses, and a tie. And they won the division. Uh, but they didn't, you know, when they won, they won. They won big, but when they didn't win big a lot, and they didn't win a lot either. They had, you know, like I said, they had six losing, six seasons with a losing record out of nine there. So that just kind of surprised me, given the profile that they have and, and some of the players they had. So I think, you know, Matt Rule's got a, they got a lot of work ahead of him uh, on both sides of the ball. Got to hope that Teddy Bridgewater stays healthy. They got a scare last week late in the game, late in that loss to the Bucks when he went down and, left the game, didn't finish the game, had a, some sort of injury to his right knee, but they said there was soreness and swelling, but no structural damage, and he was at least on the practice field yesterday participating in a limited fashion. Well, I'm just glad for Ted, Teddy Bridgewater for that yeah, match, absolutely. considering the injuries that he's gone through before. So glad that it did not have structural damage. No, and this is, look, he was, he was drafted in the first round, 32nd overall by the Vikings in 2014. You know, made the Pro Bowl in in 2015. They went they were 11 and five. Made the playoffs. Now, made the Pro Bowl. He was you know he was boosted up as a as an alternate. He had 14 touchdown passes that way and double digit interceptions. But really a leader. You know, he was with with New Orleans last year. Tory was five and zero in relief of uh, of Drew Brees when he was out early in the season. So he's been a pretty he's been really a strong leader. I don't think he sorry, I don't think he quite fits the mold of a quarterbacks that are coming out now you know kyler murray and you know, guys who can run and, and you know lamar jackson and 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 that, that that type of player i don't think he quite fits that mold he's more of a you know, drop back thrower and you know cerebral quarterback and and a good good solid solid player and, and and they need him and they need him to be healthy and they need him to stay healthy absolutely Let's take it to Mike's Pick of the Week, presented by MGM Grand Detroit, the king of sports books. Mike, you went all in on the Lions last week with the black chips. Turned out good for you because the Lions did win that game. Who are you taking this Sunday? Well, just by the way, but the betting line, they pushed on it. So I didn't. I had to, I had to give the chips back in a hurry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose any, but I didn't win any. And when I don't win, I consider it a loss. I'm stubborn that way. You know, a lot of it depends on Matthew Stafford deal with his thumb and if he plays. I think he'll play. I don't know that. As we tape this on Thursday morning, he did not practice yet. Uh, Wednesday afternoon. He was listed at no practice, which means just what it says, no practice. I like the Lions with a combination of reds and greens. I'm hedging my bet. Okay. Uh, you can hear him clicking in the background, but I like the Lions <laughs> to win. Uh, 27-16. I just don't – I think their, their defense will get it together this week. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I think this is a good team to do that against and important to get another win. You get back to 500 before this Thanksgiving Day game, that would be big. Well, yeah, and, you know, if they can win on, at home on Thanksgiving, beat Houston, that's uh, actually one week from today. Right. Uh, if they, and then they're 6-5, and five and they, you know, getting into a real tough part of the schedule. But 
you know, you don't have a chance until you until you make a chance for yourself. And everything the Detroit Lions can can accomplish is right in front of them, and, and it's up to them to take advantage of the opportunity they have. Do yeah. it for yourself. Yeah, in my opinion, it's really, really important to win these last couple of November games because of the tough slate that you have in December. So I think you Absolutely. need to be heading into December with a winning record because you got some tough games on your schedule. I could not agree more. All right, Mike. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us on the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week before Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you then. This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now.